at my leadership style, I mean, if I'm not communicating the why we're doing this, we might have more tension. We want to come around, we want to agree around why it's important. What's up, everybody? It's great to be with you again. I'm Dawn Scott Damon, your host today, and you're listening to Tribes to Tribe. I'm here again in the studio with the two guys that I love to hang out with, Dwight Hudson, Director of Mosaic Harmony here at Tribes Church. Hey, Dwight, how are you? I'm doing good. I like the new title. All right. Yeah, that's good. It's smooth, isn't it? Yeah. And Cam Green, he's the Director of Creativity and Compelling Expressions. Mine sounds long. CCE. CCE, that's what, yeah. CCE. It's too long. Well, this is a podcast in which we talk about leadership in the multicultural experience. And so, obviously, we talk about different subjects. And uh, Cam said today, he's like, hey, man, I want to ask you some questions today about leadership. And so we're just going to continue to do what we do. We just let it flow. We just talk as it comes to us. And it's good stuff, right? Yeah. So so what do you got on your mind today? So I got to start with a story before I can ask you guys a question. Is this a story that everybody can listen or should the parents turn it down for their children? Everybody can listen to this one. Is this this a made-for-kids YouTube video? (laughs) This is a made-for-kids YouTube video. So... there was a, uh, a situation with, I won't name any names, um, but what came into question was leadership. So you are my leader here at Tribes when I first started. Um, you hired me to do a job, so I'm here to do a job. However, I feel like the way that I go about doing the job rubs you the wrong way as the current leader or maybe the former leader of this space. So... When you get into those fric- those situations of friction where I may not think that your leadership style or I may not think that your leadership style is the way that I want to lead or is the way that I want to direct things, I, for those of you that don't know yet, I have a bit of an edge. To sometimes to me, I say stuff that I probably shouldn't. So I don't do well with what I consider disrespect. It, I just don't. I, I go... I go left. I go to a whole different space. So as two people who have had to deal with, you know, Pastor Don, you, you, I wanted to ask you because you so gracefully deal with this regularly where being a, a woman in leadership, um, how can I say, being a woman in leadership, there are people who don't give you, you know, they don't put respect on your name like they're supposed to. Right. You know, you, you are the lead pastor here and God Mm -hmm. called you to do this but they act like women aren't supposed to be in pulpits or in leadership so Mm -hmm. how do you navigate that space when you are the leader or you are shifting away from a specific area of leadership and people don't respect what you do don't respect what you've done because they feel like well I'm supposed to be here this is what I'm hired to do this is what I'm I hate the word I'm I'm starting to hate the word called I'll be like who calling you because, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, the way you act, and I don't think Jesus called you. So how do you, Pastor Don, I'll, I'll start with you. How do you deal with that, oh, that level of disrespect? Or Well, you've said so much there just now, and I'm trying to um, think about which one of those parts. Like, was there a story in there? I didn't yeah, hear yeah. a story. I, so when story I started the story, the story, it was just a sentence. Because if I start the story, then who I'm talking about will know it's, that okay. I'm, okay. you know. All right, so, so let's not do the story. Yeah. Um Let's talk about a few things that you've brought up. First of all, leadership. And let's define leadership. And I know John Maxwell always says that leadership is influence, Mm -hmm. that you can lead from the top, you can lead from the middle, you can lead from the back of the pack because leadership is influence. And so we know that. But also there is the role of being a leader Mm -hmm. where you are the one that's making the decisions, where you are defining reality where you are motivating people towards a goal and you are the person who has to bring it all along. So when you're the leader and someone, I think in the first question there you said, someone doesn't want to do the job the way the leader wants to do it. Well, first of all, I think when a leader has a team underneath of them, then the leader gets to choose. The leader gets to decide, here's how 
not necessarily how, but here's where we're going. I'm defining the goal. We all agree upon it. This is the outcome that we want. We talked about it today. What's the desired outcome? We agree upon that. This is where we're going. Now, some leaders want to micromanage their people and say, not only do I want to tell you uh, where we're going and what we want to accomplish and why we want to accomplish, but I want to tell you how to do your job, too. And so they'll they'll scrutinize every single thing. Some leaders have a different leadership style, yeah. and they're saying, "I don't care how you do it. You know what you're you're doing. You know what you're supposed to do. Here's where we're going. Just get it done." So for me and my leadership style, I mean, if I'm not communicating the why we're doing this, we might have more tension. Mm-hmm. We want to come around. We want to agree around why it's important. Because sometimes if you get together on your why, then the person that's executing the vision has more understanding of why it needs to be done maybe in a certain way. If they don't fully grasp or understand, they may not. They may revolt a little bit and say, well, why can't we do it this way or why can't we do it that way? And um, that's a frustration for leadership. It's like, you know, when you're the leader up in here, you get to do it the way you want to do it. So I'm kind of throwing some other things back and saying there's many books written. There's many viewpoints on leadership. There's the, you know, the total authoritative leadership that says you have to do it exactly like this. And then there's different styles of leadership. For me, being a woman is the second thing. Yeah. And I'm first and foremost a leader who happens to be a woman. If I think about me being a female leader, then I'll get caught up in, I want people to like me, and what if they don't respect me? And But I'm going to teach people how to treat me because I'm going to show up as a leader. You know, I'm going to show up with integrity and enthusiasm and responsibility, and I'm going to teach you this is how you treat me. If I get disrespected, it might be because... I'm showing you that's how to treat me. I don't know. Hmm. I, hmm. So that's interesting because, you know, that leadership style works for, I mean, you do it in a way that, you know, it works very well. And the thing that I love about the leadership style that that you talked about, you tell us the why and where we're going, and then you'll ask us, you know, in your respective space as a creative director, as a mosaic director, what ideas do you have to help us get mm-hmm. to to this specific goal or destination? I think that gets lost a lot because I don't think leaders all the time consider, and, and you can speak very well to this, um, I think that it becomes hard because you have to consider who you're leading and what what they bring to the table without, I guess, watering down the destination of where you're going to get to. We still got to go there. I want your input but I don't want so much of it that it veers us to a different destination than where we have to go. And I know with you, we worked in the same space. So how do you manage all the, for those who don't know, Dwight is the worship director and in music departments, it's just, it's a lot of colorful personalities. And and so how do you navigate understanding the destination and taking into consideration? Yeah. I try to think about leadership. So like, Instead of a destination, instead of like me trying to get them to a destination, I'm trying to create a culture. A culture can go to a destination, but if you don't have a solid culture, that's funny. My thing timed out. I wiggle my mouse. There you go. So that might if you guys see me wiggle, that's what's happening. Um, but but you but you're trying to take a culture to a destination, and so I think it's my 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 heart and leadership is always to develop the culture strong make, make sure that you have a strong culture so so like cam has mentioned like when he came onto the team there was a culture that i had and and so the, the culture works like dante like this is the culture that i want for the team that i'm in charge of i disrupted it so but, so when yeah. someone someone comes up and disrupted as a leader you're a disruptor yeah, he's a disruptor <laughs> but but sometimes disruptions legitimately are what's needed to, to get it because break it in, up in, in leadership sometimes you can get stale in trying to maintain your culture um, and some leaders are so like I, I call it like narrowly focused. That's just like I want it to be like this. And when someone comes and disrupt it, it begins to question your why because you've been telling your team, "Here's why we're doing it." Then someone says, "Well, why have you been doing it?" It's just like that's a good question. And then you have to go back. And then your and then your culture 
stays the same, but your destination changes and the people can kind of roll with you in that, in that direction. Um, but yeah, definitely when, like, like when you came on board, me and you had, def- we had similarities, but we also had differences in the way that we just, um, not just do things, but, but the, the way that we talk to people and all that stuff like that. And, and, and I learned a lot from you, like, Hey, Dwight, like, and one of the, one of the comments I got from the podcast last week was that they love how authentic we were. And so I, I'm just going to keep that up. So like, like I'm like real, like I'm, I'm like real, like chill and like, you know what it is, what it is. What it is what, and, 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 uh, but, but you're like, uh-uh. and, 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 and so, and so I have that in me, but, and, but you see that because I, I'm, I'm hard on the leadership that's on my team, mm-hmm. but the people who aren't leadership of my team, they get a more, a softer, more, uh, super soft, a super soft version Dwight, of it. Yeah. But, but at the end of it, you you've seen the super soft and the hard get the same result, yeah. and and that is that and, and to me that's kind of what I try my best to do is to to make sure that the culture is there because I know that I can't talk to Cam like I would talk to somebody like a volunteer that's on the team I, and and really balancing that out. But yeah, but leadership man, when you have somebody that that's coming in different than you, you have to gauge that person. You have to gauge what triggers them, what doesn't trigger them, and it's not a people pleasing thing because at the end of the day, if you're not a good fit, you're not a good fit. Yeah. And 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 uh, for me, that was that's something hard for me to grasp because it's like I want I I want people to like me, and it's not a, I, I'm not pleasing people for pleasing people's sake. I'm pleasing people because I think you're, you're you could be talented at what you're doing. And one of my my downfalls as a leader is I I am very optimistic and I see the best in people mm-hmm. and I see what people can and mm-hmm. I see the potential and leadership. I, and I'm not and you probably have the same thing. Like you see what somebody can be and you really want to draw that out. But I'm learning now at the ripe old age of 31. Um, that, that <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning that uh, people are going to show you who they are. Take that at face value, and the ones that want to be that want to be developed will show you that. And if they want to be developed in the culture that you're creating, do it. If they don't, hey, then then it's a matter of okay, it's it's okay because there are more leaders out there that you can go underneath. You know. Uh, I'll tell you what, I like what you're saying about developing a culture of leadership because that's really the goal. Well, you said you as a leader develop the culture, and that's really a beautiful thing because when we started Tribes Church, we were very very specific and intentional about what kind of culture we wanted to create. Mm -hmm. And I was like that in in our team meetings, like there's a culture that I want. In fact, we talked about it today. We read over our tribe's playbook. We said, we want to speak the truth in love. We want honesty and candor. We didn't want to tiptoe around each other. I wanted to develop the kind of culture where the team could freely talk to me, not disrespect, but they could share their heart and their mind directly to me. Like I didn't want a fear culture. I didn't want an authoritative culture where you could never speak your mind. Yeah. I, I love, I used to say to people, I am not a chess player. I'm a hockey player. I want to get in the mix. I want to, you know what? We might walk out with a chipped tooth, but we had a game. We had, we got the best idea came out of all of this scrimmage and being able to talk and dialogue. I didn't want to just sit there and be a talking head and seeing everybody bobble their head and say yes and then walk out there. And we have a culture where I don't really have the best of the team, they're not being honest, they're afraid to speak up, their ideas aren't being mined. And so it took some time, though. You can see when a new person comes in and they're watching, they're like, wait, what, you can talk like that? You can say that? You can you can do that? And and women, you talked about women. I'll just say this and I'll, I'll, I'll toss it to you. But women tend to lead differently than men. But we're still leaders, first and foremost, but women do tend to mentor more, coach more. They're more relational. They, they, they have more of an empathetic type of a leadership style because they're nurturing and they want to make sure everybody on the team is happy. But I think it's working for us. Yeah. Um, what do you think is the strength of our leadership? Um, coming in, I think that the strength was kind of what you touched on earlier, the ability to bring ideas to the table, to be able to have a conversation um, and not feel, yeah, just not feel threatened or feel nervous because you are the pastor. And church can sometimes breed this unhealthy relationship and leadership where a pastor becomes a dictator or becomes Mm -hmm like a ruler or, you know, it's my way, my way, my way. So when you serve under somebody like that, 
it breeds a sort of uh, toxic nature in you to feel like I can't talk to the pastor. And when I first got here, I fell into, I fell into that mode, even though you were welcoming. We did not always see eye to eye. So mm-hmm. I would go to Dwight and go fuss and, and be upset when the culture here is to be able to have a meeting with you and say, these are the things that's bothering me or these are the things that I don't quite understand. So I think the strength is remaining consistent in that welcoming culture that you can bring ideas to the table. Um, and it's not to say that you agreed with every idea that I had or agreed mm-hmm. with everything that I brought to the table, but you listened. And the fact that you considered me, my thoughts, even my very abrasive personality really made We're working me, on them though, aren't we yeah, doing? Yeah, we're yeah. getting them there. <laughs> yep, slowly, but we're getting there. But it, it just but made me want to bring. Yes. So that, that's my thing. That's what I what I think is a huge strength at yeah. this church. Yeah, I, th- I think that. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say because when he first came in, like you were coming into my office because we have regular meetings, yeah. and you're saying, "Well." Why? Why are we doing this? Or what? Are the, and I'm thinking, who are you, Dwight? Yeah. And what's happening to you? And then I, I researched and I thought, oh, we have we have a disruptor in the camp, <laughs> yeah. and and that that turned out to be a very good it, thing. Very good. It, really? was, it was a good thing. It took a process that was uncomfortable, and leadership is full of uncomfortable things. That's a a, a moment that everything everybody should understand. It's not clean. It's going to be messy. They're going to be like me. Me and me and Pastor Don have had. We've we've had some 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 head butting conversation. I think people see us on Sunday just like you guys are best friends. I love her to life. Oh yes. but, we, but 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 we have had some. Uh, we've had some things where it's just like I disagree with what you're saying, and she disagrees with what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But it's it's and I think that's the idea of culture is that you have you have different tiers of culture. You have you have uh, you know. You have the, the the leader, and you have the leadership team, and then you have the the, the people that are, are going to be uh, reap the benefits of that team. But like the example you guys are using is is perfect because I know in my space where I came from before I was at Tribes, and even before I would move to Michigan, I was just like Cam, like you don't the if the pastor said it, you did it, like period, like you don't really question the pastor, and if you had any issues, you would go to your kind of like your your secret group of people and say, hey, I have a problem. And, you, and, and it's, it's, this, it's this culture of fear because I'm afraid if I say something wrong, then the pastor will be mad at me and the pastor's mad at me. And that's, like you said, that's unhealthy. That's a yeah. toxic, unhealthy space. And so it took some adjusting and getting used to, um, to to really begin to really manifest that well. Um, and, so, and so when you came, I kept saying like, hey, go talk to Pastor Don. You were like, no, but I'm just like, Cam, go talk to Pastor Don because it's it's... it's Getting to getting to build a relationship with your leader is key is, is is key in this whole thing. If you don't build a relationship, just like we talked about last week with the mosaic conversation, it's all about the Bible is all about relationships. So if Cam didn't take the time to get build a relationship mm-hmm. with Pastor Don, then I would stay in the middle and I'd be getting the stress of what he's saying, what she's saying, and it was just like, okay, Lord, just take me out, take, take help me, Jesus, just, just help me out. Well, you know, one thing I had to discover, too, as a leader is that when I'm leading people my age, which is still very young and vibrant, but when I'm leading people my age, we get it because we were raised in a time and in a culture where it was just the leader said it, you accepted it, you didn't question why, you implemented it, and that was what we knew as loyalty and what you do. When I started working with millennials in a different age group, they saw that blind loyalty as something to be frowned upon. And I think of my children who are millennials, but they're going through school and college, all their projects, they had to collaborate on everything. Mm-hmm. You you weren't just working on your thing for your grade. Your grade now was going to be based on how well you could work with everyone. And so when the when the millennials started infiltrating the workspace, if you will, and yeah. coming in mass, infiltrating. right? Yeah. All of a sudden, it it was disruptive to people my age where we were used to a certain leadership style that said, I'm supposed to have all the answers. I'm supposed to know everything. I'm supposed to make all the hard decisions. And that was the sign of good leadership. And the millennials were like, uh-uh, we're not having that. Yeah. Like, yeah. where's our voice? Where's our opportunity? We're sitting here with gifts and talents. How come you're not utilizing us? Yeah. So we had a little bit yeah, of a journey yeah. learning that, and didn't that, we? Like I think about like tribes, and you're talking about tribes, like we've been on a journey. Like that, that when I started, it was the leadership style. When I started to where we are now is 
different. Like it's 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 way different in terms of the people that we, like the whole thing is different. Um, and, I want to hear how it's different. <laughs> <laughs> and, ju- and just and I mean, because so like when, when I when I first got here, you know, I'm this this new guy. Like, yeah. what's, what's the tribe church? You know, and I show up, and so it's cool. Um, but then but then we we had a, a complete literally. I think are we the only two people that were on that on that staff? We might be. <laughs> I think it was just you and I that was on the staff that was here when we started. It was just you and I and Paul. And so, and Paul, yeah, and Paul, yes. and literally, literally, that is it. Um, and so, and so, everything was changing. And and so, when I came in, it was kind of, we did kind of have that old school where it's just like she said it, do it. So, so I, I didn't really question much of what what was going on. Uh, but then after a while, it turned into like, okay, begin to build relationship, begin to really begin to build, and, and with Pastor June, everything just really begin to build the relationship with the people. Uh, but then now it's kind of morphed into. A season of, um, and we've had disruptors. I call them disruptors. We love yes. people on our staff who have, who have like disrupted the way we do. It. And we had to, and we adjusted. Did we adjust super fast? Did we do it all perfectly? Absolutely not. Not at all. We didn't do it perfectly. But I think it did cause us to think. And and me kind of, I've kind of always been kind of sitting on the side, like observing and watching the leadership journey, watching Pastor Don navigate it, watching staff members navigate through it. And the reality, like I said earlier, the reality is, in some cases. People stayed and some people left and it was just like, okay, Lord, like, what what are you doing? Because the reality is this leadership journey is God's taking us on a, a spiritual journey. Um, but yeah, now we, we're, we're in a place where we, it's it's more open, it's more open to, um, uh, to, to just hearing kind of what, what, what leadership says, as well as what we have to offer. Like, hey, here are ideas. And it's like, okay, we support your ideas. We, we fully, we want to support your ideas. We really want to, you know, if, if, if like Cam came with the creative state, he's like, Pastor Don had an idea for a podcast, and Cam was like, "Okay, here's what we want to do." And then Cam took that and morphed it into what he wanted to be. And now it's like, "Okay, let's let, let's roll with that." Because of the season that we were in, um, we I mean, we talked about podcasts for like two or three years. Uh, it's been a while since we talked about podcasts, but like now the creative director is doing it. There are people who are empowered to do that that have built the relationships to do that. And uh, and, and I mean, you talk so leadership is funny because I mean, what you talked about is. You, you two are on a higher level leadership, and then I come in, this disruptor, asking 900 questions. Because I was never that kid. 901. That, <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. But who's counting? Yeah. I was Because I was never that kid that do as I said, not as I do. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, uh, no, I'm not doing it. Why? Because my mama was like, you use your voice. Don't ever just blindly follow. So you speaking on that millennials, it's like, that's me to the T. Mm-hmm. Like my youth leaders and pastors, used to get upset because I'd be like that didn't make sense so I'm not doing that but I come in here and I have questions up you know for upper leadership but I also am a leader because I now have volunteers that are on my team that I have now been hired to lead so and 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 that's so this is going to segue into my next question because you have volunteers and leading volunteers is different than leading a, a paid staff or leading your regular staff members. So I'm I'm asking questions up. I'm frustrated. I don't know what's going on. And then I don't want to sound bad, but down or or on the playing field is me. They're looking to me and I have to, okay, this is the church culture and this is so I have to understand that I came into an environment that I don't fully completely get yet. So I have to be sensitive to the people that I'm leading while still being Cam and a millennial and asking 901 questions. <laughs> yep, 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 so yep. it gets to be interesting. And I had to realize that, okay, I came to Dwight one day and was like, I don't know how to do this. Like, I don't know how to lead volunteers, still remain myself and still, cause again, volunteers are different. We love mm-hmm. all of them, but, mm-hmm. but, they can make you pull your hair out sometimes, volunteers. You know? Oh, they can. Um, and Dwight, you didn't have any hair to pull out, right, so that's right, just right. you your beard. pull on your beard. Either that or you're bald because you've had right, such right. a difficult time. This here. is but leadership. Leadership. This is, what, this is what it looks like. Right. But you know, I had a couple of questions as you were talking. It, I can't wait for the day when you have someone on your team who is a disruptor. <laughs> what too. kind of leader <laughs> are you going to be <laughs> when the nine hundred questions yep. come your way? <laughs> yep. Because there is a point where it you do want to say, you know what? I need you just to submit to this. I hope that you know if you if you can't serve with a good heart and if you're going to question everything and you're going to push back and you know maybe this isn't the place for you. Yep. There is a there is that tension there where God does ask us to support our leaders mm-hmm. and and to 
serve with gladness and to be an encouragement. There's been times where I just needed someone instead of asking every question or, and I'm not talking about you, but, uh, but being that dissenter, pressing back on everything, it's so draining after a while. It's like, can you just support me? Can you just love? Can you come alongside? Can you just pray? This is what God is speaking to us. This is where we feel like we're going. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, leaders are the ones. They have to make decision. You have to create that culture. You have to be fearless or at least do it yeah. Do it afraid. Right. But you still have to. The buck stops here. And so leadership, Patrick Lencioni's recent book called Motive, is about leadership as he writes on that. And he's saying, if you're a leader because of reward, you have the wrong motive. If you're a leader because it's rewarding and and everybody's serving you and you feel good and you finally got that place in the office and you can just sit and everybody else can do the work. He says, you, you, you're, you have the wrong motive and you're not going to be successful. But if it's re- responsibility leadership, where then then you know you're a real leader where you go, this isn't fun. Mm-hmm. I'm carrying a burden. Yeah. This is yep. a weight. It's yep. not about me. I have to serve these people. I have to pull out their gift. I have to sit with them. I have to talk. I have to coach and mentor. And at the end of the day, I'm responsible to make sure that this vision is clear, that it's compelling, that we're on task, and that we're listening to God. So leadership is not for the faint of heart. And to that, back to that question about what we've done well here is even in those moments, like some, some, like I was a questioner. Like when I first came in, I was like, okay, hit me, ask a bunch of questions. But even with that, it was still, so I was respectful and kind of like, so I would ask my questions kind of like, hey, really quick, can we try this? And she'd be like, yeah. I remember like when I brought up the idea of Scrum, I was like, yeah, at, at our job we did Scrum. And so like within like three weeks, it was just like we were doing this thing called Scrum where everybody tells what they're going on, what's going on in their respective areas. And so I realized that I slowly kind of walked into that um, what is Scrum? Scrum is a it's a it's a software development. So people that don't know, it's so I'm, good. I'm a uh, I'm a by day I work at uh, a software company, and so I, I develop actual software. And so Scrum is a, it's in it falls falls in this. This is a commercial break about agile development. So agile development is this thing where you actually talk about um, <laughs> where each day you go and you talk about what you worked on uh, the day before, what you plan to work on the day, and then you ask people if they need any help. So. What we did here at Tribes was we went and I said, okay, in worship, I'm working on this here. And, and it was just like this, like it's basically an round update, table. a round day yeah. update meeting real short. It's meant to be maybe a minute max in terms of what you talk about. But then once you're done, everybody knows what's going on and you just listening for that minute. You don't go into details. If you need help from anybody, you ask them what's going on. And so that was an idea that, I, that, that brought up like within like the first month or two of me being here so and it got cool. implemented. Uh, it was, it was, it was, and it was pretty cool. But. All the questions, but then after I began to have conversations and really see it, saw it, like Pastor Don's talking about, the weight of leadership, I think a lot of people don't, if, if you're not a leader, you don't get the you weight of leadership. You're, you, you assume that asking a bunch of questions is helpful. In, in the right space it is, but sometimes asking a lot of questions causes the most burdens. And, 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 I, and I think people who are under, or, or followers, I use the word, we use leaders and followers that just describe someone who's not a leader. Um, a follower has so many opinions, but what sometimes followers forget is that you're one of, in the case of Tribe, let's say 300 followers that are sharing your opinion. And if you haven't built relationship, and I think sometimes followers assume they have some level of access to the leader, and then they just begin to dump out their ideas and what they want. It's just like, hold on, I I, I can't. And then and, and so you take that part of it with someone's personal life, with, and it's just like, all of that kind of really, there's a weight. So I love that. I haven't read that book, but the idea of reward versus responsibility. There's a responsibility. So when you, even when you ask me questions about like, right before we had this meeting, we were talking about something that was going on in church. And I was just like, well, hey, here's the, res- the reality is there was a, respon- a leadership responsibility that was happening, which is why we ended up where we are. Mm-hmm. And some of the questions just like, oh, I'm going to do it this way. And it's just like, well, the response, <laughs> the, the, it, it, I wish in the dream world what you're saying would have happened. But that's, but, but, but and, and, and it's a good, it's a good question. <laughs> and now that he's taken that space, I truly believe like he'll see that responsibility weight and he may not handle it like I did, but he'll see that, that space. So you guys will see the journey of Cam. As, as, <laughs> it's, it's awful. Yeah. When I first, listen, listen. It's a, yeah. it's a dirt road. It's, yeah. it's, 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 the, and I think that with tribes, we have to realize that what we're doing 
Um, a lot of people have done it, but in some cases we are trailblazing. And I think mm-hmm. the, the concept of trailblazing, it's, it's a cool buzzword. Like, oh, you're, we're blazing a trail. But no, blazing a trail means that you're walking through a wooded forest, which means that you're going to have to cut down trees. Okay, there's no pavement yet. There's, there's not even rock shit. You still got half logs still blocking away. So when somebody comes in right behind you, they still have to do some clearing away. The next person still has to lay some sand. They still got to lay some rock. They still got to lay some asphalt. And then finally, we end up with a road that everybody assumes. Like when people see us, they think it's a road, but it's just like, no, we're still, we're still in the wooded. We're five. We're about to be six years old. We're still a six-year-old church. It's still the 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 infant and the first grade level of it. We often used to say so for listeners that may be not aware of this. We have a beautiful church building, which God allowed us to receive as a gift from the former church. They basically said, "We want to be a legacy church. Here you go." start your new church plant in this building. And so we we received this amazing gift, but we said we're like the big kid in the nursery. Yeah. Have you ever worked in a nursery or preschool and there's the really big kid? Or have you been the big kid? I've, I've, were you so the big I've, kid? I've been the big kid. You are I, the big kid. So And now I get to see the big kid, I, like at the see? mall and stuff. I'll be like, hey, your kid's like 6'5". Yeah. Like, Why are they in the playpen? So you have a little bit of a difficulty when the kid that's, you know, four feet tall sucking on a pacifier sitting in a stroller. Yeah. But he might only be one. He just looks big. And um, so we said, we're like the big kid in the nursery where Tribes Church, we have all of the whistles and bells, so we look like we're this established church. But the content, the church inside, we're a baby. We just got born. And so we grew fast. And man, my leadership has changed. I've grown as a leader. I was always the second in command before in my ministry career. So while I was leading people, I had a leader over me. It's much different when you're, you know, like I said a moment ago, the buck stops here. So my leadership has grown and evolved and changed, and I've learned a lot about it. But being willing to be that leader who will learn, being teachable, at the same time knowing when I have to stand, even though I want to cave in to pressure or peer pressure, but I know I've heard from God. God's given me a vision, and, and I'm the lead visionary, if you will. I think about how many things I would have missed though if I hadn't had people sitting at the table like you that we were welcoming the ideas and begging at times for the ideas. And and so it is, it's been a quite a journey and I'm very thankful for it. But yes, people have said to me, and I want to say this, people have said to me, oh, it must be, you're up there every Sunday and how do you stay humble? How do you, how does that not go to your head? I'm thinking, are you kidding me? I don't even know how to answer that. Like, how am I not on the ground feeling like a doormat? You know, I mean, it's, there has been difficult times, not to mention spiritual warfare, but a leader has to get up at the end of the day, make the decisions, do the next right thing, Keep the vision clear. Keep influencing for the better. When you guys have people like a couple of weeks ago, you showed up on a Sunday and some things had changed that you weren't prepared for. The followers, or I'll call them the team. The, the team. The team. I was going to say babies, but the team. <laughs> the some other people are like, "Oh my word, what's going on? What's happening?" The leader has to come up to the surface. The leadership in us rises up and says, well, not sure, but it's great. It's going to be better this way. We're going to have a great day, you guys. Hey, don't worry about change is good for us, isn't it? So we wanted to do this experiment today to let you know how you can handle change. How did it feel just now? I remember teaching a class once, and I turned all the chairs around. And when the students came in, they stopped at the door. They backed up. They wouldn't come in. They were like, what's happening? What's going on? The extroverts were going, oh, yay, we're doing something. Leaders have to lead in that moment, even though you don't know what's going on, right? Because how you do in that moment, it's a pop quiz to your leadership. However you do in that moment is going to trickle down to your team. They're always watching you. And and, and, And Dwight did. Guys, for those of you that don't know, Dwight handled it extremely well. (laughs) Me, on the other hand, I was like, yeah, I have no idea. So go ask Dwight. Because I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, and 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 I think and I think there's a book I don't know who it's by, but it's called Leading from the Second Chair. And so it, it and it talks about sometimes you will not understand what's happening up top. 
and that's okay. That, that and, and I, it's it's okay as long as you are in an environment where you can go back and uh, what do you call it and actually talk to the leader and say, hey, here, here's what I'm, here's what here, here's what happened. Um, but sometimes leading from the second chair is very difficult because sometimes you agree with the followers. You're like. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't know why we're doing what we're doing, but 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 as a leader, it's a really it's it's really important for us to really have that conversation and say okay, and that's not with anybody. That's within yourself that I'm gonna I'm I have to. And one of our like uh, like staff like kind of core value things is it's talking about trust. Like at the end of the day, I do trust Don's leadership. I, at the end of the day, do I agree with it all the time? Nope. But I do trust it. And that pop quiz says. That pop quiz is a test of my trust, and I don't think she put yeah, it on like I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try, I'm, I'm gonna try to test this trust. No, it's just how are you gonna react because she wasn't thinking about what I was thinking about because that's not her area to really focus on. But it's a matter of okay, now that it's now that it's here, okay, what am I gonna do? Am I gonna panic or am I gonna like react to the react to it in a, in a positive light to really make sure the team is to make sure, like I said earlier, my culture is maintained. I don't want a culture of fear. I don't want a culture of concern. I don't want a culture of worry. People in the culture may worry. Or negativity. Yeah, or, or negativity. And complaining. Right. People in the culture may do that, but know that the culture that I am trying to cultivate is going to be one that has positivity, has has some level of that. And people may say, well, no, that's not. No. I'm, and, but at the same time, I'm also open to hearing the, I'm, I'm open to hearing the concerns and the frustrations and people who are on my on the worship team. They know that they can come to me and really talk to me. Just not on a Sunday morning. I probably don't have the capacity for it, but on a weekday, I'm open to a phone conversation and stuff like that. So people know that about. But leading from the second chair, serving your church, fulfilling your role by Mike. Bonham and Roger Patterson. There you go. There you go. Okay. Commercial, another commercial break. Another commercial yes. break. So, but what's important too on the leader side? So on the flip side, I'm, well, I'm going to flip it a little bit. On the leader side, you are wrong sometimes yeah. as a leader. Like you're going to completely miss the mark. And what cultivates that that culture that you're talking about is being able to go back to the people that you lead and say, "I was wrong." My bad, I got that wrong. You know, we can do it right. So all of us, I mean, us three sitting here have been second in command or followed. How do you function or deal with a leader who is never wrong or who won't ever come back? Because there's sometimes you get cut or wounded and they just keep moving. And that's part of that old, in, in my opinion, the old unhealthy church culture is I said what I said. You know, this is what I said. I made my decision. It may crush you. But we're going to keep moving. I'm never going to come back and address the fact that I wounded you. I'm never going to come back and address the fact that what I decided was wrong. So as somebody, I, I trust Pastor Don, too, even though I didn't handle the pop quiz room. Well, guys, I failed that, and I'll own that. But I trust Pastor Don with, you know, this is my one of my buddies. Like, I love her to life. One of the things that she does extremely well is if it's incorrect or it was handled incorrectly, she'll be like, okay, I got that one wrong, so how can we get it right on the next go? So for me, I don't handle that well when a leader gets it wrong and I know that you got it wrong or you hurt me or disrespected me and you don't come back and say nothing. Oh, I'm about to ruin everybody's mood. <laughs> Nobody's going to be comfortable until this is addressed or this is handled. Yeah. Well, so, you know, you, he just talked about it a moment ago when he said trust is a big part of leadership. And then trust, if... If I don't come back and make it right, I I lose trust mm -hmm. with you guys. Yeah. I lose credibility. That that leadership, I don't know how that leadership is sustainable in terms of people having. If I'm a leader and I never come back and make things right, when it I absolutely know that I did it wrong. Now, I've lost your trust. I've lost your loyalty because. You're not going to defend me to the masses, or you might, but you, I've lost credibility as a leader. And ultimately, I think morale in the team goes way down. Yeah. Passion for the mission goes away because we're following someone who has blind spots, and it's like the emperor with no clothes on. Right. You know, somebody loved the leader enough to, to talk to them, make a godly appeal and say, you know, like Nathan did to David in the Bible, you know, he was the king, but Nathan went to him and said, you know what, you did this thing. Mm -hmm. And um, being willing to 
at least go to that leader and say, I'm going to speak the truth in love. But here's another way to look at this. And here's, I just want you to know the fallout that's happening right now as a result of that poor decision. So that's why I couldn't tell the complete story because you guys are helping me deal with the, the fallout because I'm ready just to uproot everything. And I have the privilege of just uprooting it and then leaving because I don't have to, you know, so yeah. I love how honest you are about your journey too, because now this is a moment where God's saying, okay, Cam, mm-hmm. another pop quiz. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to keep getting them and getting them and getting them until yeah. you ace that thing. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I mean, the, to that, the, the, the point about how do you handle leaders um, that are um, uh, kind of know it alls? Yeah. I, I, I don't, I, honestly, I wouldn't call that a leader personally. Like, I, 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 I or I would call it an, an immature leader because. You have to have some level of awareness, and, there, and I think that there, in our society, the titles matter so much. It's just like I'm a this, I'm a that, and uh, there we go. Um, and but it, the, the the titles don't matter. It's who are you accountable to? Who are because because if in some cases you may, you may say, Dwight, hey, you should work on this, and I might say, okay, cool, and I might never come back to you, but know that there's somebody else in my in my ear that might be saying the exact same thing, um, because I have that accountability circle, that accountability space. Um, but when people choose not to admit when they're wrong, I give it, honestly, me, I give it a little bit of time. And I say, you know what? They're probably never going to come back because I would, I would, you will die waiting for somebody to come back and apologize mm-hmm. to you. You mm-hmm. like, cause there's some people who in their eyes, the reality is they don't think they were wrong. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that is, oh my God, <laughs> I struck all oh, bro. The, 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 it's, 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 <laughs> it's what you consider to be wrong and what somebody else considers to be wrong, like that's that's a, a that's a that's a whole that's a whole podcast in and of itself. So in leadership, I have to I I, I take what I can. When someone apologizes to me, I say they, that's a praise report. Like that that's that's a praise break. I, I turn some shout music on at my house and I shout for about an hour because somebody because somebody apologized who, who who that they that they did something wrong. Because as a leader, I know that I'm trying to develop people, and that self awareness is a development of people. And so when they come to that awareness, that's a celebration as a leader. I'm not like the reward. I'm the the apology can honestly to me that's like a reward. Like I don't I don't I don't need you to apologize. I'm glad that you figured it out. But if you don't apologize, I'm gonna keep loving you because I know I'm, my my role as a leader is to keep developing you. And that is that 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 has to be the the focus as a leader. I struggle. I struggle following people. I struggle leading people because I feel like my way is right because oh, yeah. I can fight. So the, 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 the quote that says if that, you can't fight, then your way ain't never right because you can't defend. It. And I know that's wrong. I'm yeah. just being, you know, yeah. honest, yeah. you know, because yeah. I feel like f- because I have a physical presence and, you know, I have a more a, a moral compass that obviously the Bible is what we live by. So I feel like at the end of the day, especially in church, especially in church, if you have wronged somebody, you can always gauge if you wrong somebody by what the Bible says you should have did. If you read the Bible. <laughs> right. If you know what well, the Bible says, well, because Bible you know, because some people have the Bible there on interpretation of the Bible, and they think they're I right. just we're just going through. I'm just going through a situation. It sounds like all of us in leadership will always be going through some situation where, you know, we said, "Hey, let's do it the way the Word of God says to do it," but maybe they don't know the Word of God or they're not following it, and you try to call them up to that. But this is why we say it's a both end world at times because. There are times when, you know, a leader will apologize when they see it and they know it. And there's times where they don't know. They have a blind spot. And they may be saying, why aren't you guys getting on board with this? And they're getting frustrated. And so what does God call us to do in that moment? We pray. We intercede. You know, and like I said, you know, we make a godly appeal to that leader because the Lord is sometimes... You know, it's like when you're in a marriage and you guys will learn this as as Dwight, you're getting ready to get married. Sometimes a spouse will say, oh, Lord, please change my spouse. And God says, well, I'm going to change you. And then I'm going to change the way you see your spouse. And I may not change the situation, but I'm going to change you in it. And that's the best thing that could ever happen. And then we're more in a position to then approach that leader or you might see something break in the spirit and that leader will feel feel um, more humble and ability to come to you. So, you know, we used to have a conversation around the table. When I say table, I'm talking about our staff. And I couldn't understand why I had some 
knee-jerk reaction or resistance to her, I said, I require loyalty. It's one thing as a leader, I require loyalty. And they were just like, wow. you know, they didn't like that word, some of the millennials. And I thought, what am I saying that, that is hitting you guys so wrong? Behind closed doors, we can duke it out. We can do that. And guess what? You know what? I actually might win. We can, <laughs> we can do that. But out here, out there, we will show unity. I do expect you to be loyal. Don't you throw me under that bus or Julian or whoever was the leader at the time. And I said this. I was loyal to my leaders, and what you sow is what you're going to reap. I deserve to reap a team that's going to be loyal. But these guys just hated that. And then I realized that that was not a good, like we had two different definitions, yep, right? Loyalty meant, yeah. yeah. There, there was the blind loyalty, like the cover just, up, yeah, just the lie for you. Right, right, right. And, and we struggle with that. Millennials, we really, really struggle with for, that. Versus the, hey, just be, just, just be with support me. me. Just yeah. support just me. Just be, don't throw me under the bus. Yeah. Just support me. And I, I think, I mean, like, and I, I was listening to something a couple, almost years, months ago, whatever, that talked about the reason why sometimes millennials are so like this is because we saw, like, they talk with different generations. So, like, our parents worked, 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 and we saw so much stuff happen, and we had to keep covering up. We just had to keep covering up what was going on. So we're like, we want to be just as open, and, and, and there are consequences to that, that, yeah. That, that, yeah. that that we're seeing, like, just doing what you want to do, but, but there's, like, a level of... Uh, really diving into to covering up. And so, and so I remember when you were talking, I was just like, I don't, and this is me being transparent, like, I don't know what she means by that because if something's the matter, I'm not, gonna, I'm not just going to just do it. Like, yeah. and, and, so, and so that caused some tension, um, yeah. some, t- some tension with, with, within our team. Uh, we got through it, but it, it, it was a, a, a leadership kind of, a, a leadership bout we yeah. had to have. Because I mean, and especially in like African-American church, you know, um, so you see a lot in, in the church culture that I grew up in. Stuff happens at home, and they would say, what happens at home stays at home. So yep, you come to church, right and you you holier than thou, and you, mm-hmm. you just cuss me out on the way here. Like, you know, this right. thing. Now, Rhonda, I'm not talking about you. She, she saved that's in public. Your, that's your mom. That's my mom, yeah. <laughs> she saved in public and behind closed doors. Um, but that's She's the culture. She's a good lady. I know, Rhonda. <laughs> that's the culture that we grew up in. So... At 26, when you get up and say, I need you to be loyal, I'm like, no. Will I support you? Without a doubt, to the ends of the earth. Loyalty rings in my head. Blind loyalty means that I'm not going to address that that's wrong or you shouldn't do that. So, yeah, millennials will always. So I'm going to have to preach a message on that, and we could <laughs> we could talk about what does that mean, what does that word really mean, because Jesus didn't even have total loyalty in his 12 disciples. And we know that Judas was the one who ended up betraying him. But they wanted to, by and large, the lead, the followers wanted, the disciples wanted to be loyal to Jesus because he had integrity, because they loved him, because they had that trust. And loyalty, I think, just means being willing to follow Scripture, that if you see something in me, you will be loyal to come tell me you see it. If you hear a bad report out there and and there's something going on that I need my eyes open to that I'm not doing, that I got loyal yoke fellows that will yeah. come and say, hey, yep. you got a blind spot. You don't, Emperor's got no clothes on right here. You, That to me is what loyalty means. Loyalty means, you know, on a Sunday morning when the chairs are all turned around, you're not going to say, I don't know what she's doing. Here we go again. She's always doing something. It loyalty just says, I'll you know what? Say, I don't know what she's doing. Go ask the wife. Do I? <laughs> I don't, I don't. <laughs> but hey, we got to bring this thing to a close. At the end of the day, Jesus, the Bible says, knowing where he had come from and knowing where he was going, right. his identity was secure. He took a towel, he wrapped it around his waist, and he served. Yep. And I think at the end of the day, leadership, even Jesus Christ said, the King of kings and the Lord of lords said, I did not come to be served, but to serve. Right. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, I think leadership is serving. Yeah. It's it's obeying God, but it's serving the people that are giving their life to help make the mission come to pass. Yeah. The doors of the church are now open yeah. on, <laughs> on that note. I would say that this, I mean, I think this might merit a continuation of part two yeah. after this. Like, just, yes. I mean, even you haven't even gotten through all your questions no, yet. No, but uh, this is just a good, it helped me. So, yeah. I mean, and that's what the podcast is all about. It's not just us. 
yeah. you know, hanging out. These are people that I actually, you two are people I glean knowledge from. So I know if you can help a hard-headed, you know, what do you call me? Disruptor? Like Disruptor. Me. And I want to go back to something <laughs> Number you said. eight. I hope that I don't ever get a me on my team. I, so, uh, no. I promise you. It's going to happen. It's, it's, it's going to happen. And, and, and Because I, I used to be a you. Like, I need you to understand. Like, there it like, is. I used to be a you. I don't, think I, I don't think I was like that here. Not not too much here. But there have been spaces. I remember going to, um, yeah. So at, at my the previous church I was at before I came here, some of you guys may know what that is. And, uh, and the pastor there, Love him, and, and and he honestly he's a re- one of the reasons why I came to Grand Rapids. His wife was the reason I came to Grand Rapids, and I would what you're doing, I used to do to him all the time. And he's a pastor of a big church, and it was just like, but I was like, let me tell you what's going on, and, and, if, and I'm gonna make sure I send it to him because he would see it and he'll be like, do I just you know just keep you know maybe relax? And I'll be like, no, here's what needs to happen. Here's what, I see all these issues, and then it wasn't until I got here I was just like, dang, oh, I was man. just like, dang, bro. So so when you came, I was just like. Oh hey, five years ago, Dwight, how are you doing? How are you doing today? Because it's so easy to spot sort of things up. But yeah, no. he's coming, Cam. He's coming. And I hope I hire him. I I, I hope be I bring one, him. On. I hope I bring him. I'll be I like, hope you know. I'll be like, hey, I'll be Cam, like, look, man. This, it's, it's, it's Cam Junior right man, here. Man. I've gotten a lot better though, so hopefully he's this Cam. You, you know what? It's June. It, you've been here for about. You've been here for a year. We yep. did. Happy one year. Oh, happy one year. Happy one year. That's a miracle of God. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, so it's a couple, on a couple of this year, because, like, we could talk about yeah. when you first started, like, yeah. uh, he, but then the first, like, maybe week or two, you were diagnosed with, uh, with pancreatic, pancreatic cancer. Yep. And then, like, that oh whole goodness. thing happened. And then, so yeah. it, it's been a whole it's journey, with, a journey. With, with him being there. But, but it's I, been a year. I, yeah, I love but it. we're better for it. We we're better for you being yes. here, and we love you. Yeah, love you. Yeah, and love we, I here. just can't imagine not having you around here. Yeah, yeah you I, know? I love it, man. I, <laughs> I, I, so, I love Chives. <laughs> uh, love hanging out with you guys. Yes. Oh, we and, love hanging out with you. Yeah. All right, so we're what do you do say? We we're going to do a part two. Yeah, we got to do All right. a part two. Yeah, we, because he's got to get saved one of these weeks. Oh, yeah. We got to get. <laughs> we got. We got. We got to bring I'm him to the water. We'll, we'll, we'll get the piano and I'm I'll, just, I'll getting, play some worship. Drag him down closer. to the river. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll do a COVID baptism with him, disinfecting spray. <laughs> get the get the get them sins off of him, Lord. Disinfect those sins off of him. <laughs> uh, the COVID baptism. Well, I like we that. need it. We need it. All right, everybody. Well, it's been wonderful to be with you again. Once again, this is. John, Cam, and Dwight, tribes to your tribe, saying peace. Peace. Peace out. See y'all.